Attention Northwest Arkansas businesses and talent seekers. Introducing Onboard NWA.com, your hyperlocal job board crafted for our unique community. Struggling to find the perfect match for your job openings? Onboard NWA simplifies the hiring process, connecting you with the region's top talent through tailored talent matching solutions. Whether you're an employer seeking expertise or a professional looking for your next opportunity, Onboard NWA is here for you. Discover more at onboardnwa.com and let's build the future of Northwest Arkansas together. Hello, Northwest Arkansas. Randy here, bringing you a quick word from our sponsor, Signature Bank of Arkansas. Since 2005, Signature Bank has been all about empowering our community with local ownership and top-notch banking services. Signature Bank's roots run deep with assets over a billion dollars, and they're right here in your backyard with branches in Bentonville, Rogers, Springdale, Fayetteville, and now including Harrison and Jonesboro. With a growing family of more than 200 teammates, they're ready to serve you with the warmth only a true community bank can offer. And they've got Banco C, the first bilingual bank in Arkansas, to ensure that banking is for everyone. So give Signature Bank a call at 479-684-3700 or visit Signature.Bank online. Mention you heard about them on the I Am Northwest Arkansas podcast for that personal touch. Signature Bank of Arkansas, big on assets, local at heart, and a proud member of the FDIC and an equal housing lender. It's time for another episode of I Am Northwest Arkansas, the podcast covering the intersection of business, culture, entrepreneurship, and life in general here in the Ozarks. Whether you are considering a move to this area or trying to learn more about the place you call home, we've got something special for you. Here's our host, Randy Wilburn. Hey folks, and welcome to another episode of I Am Northwest Arkansas. I'm your host, Randy Wilburn, and I'm excited to be with you today, as I always am. And today is a special day because I am sitting here with none other than Chef Elliot Hunt. And Chef is Chef Elliot is the chef of Atlas the Restaurant, which is one of the most talked about restaurants in Northwest Arkansas, if not the region. But it just happens to be right down the street from my office here on Block Street, just off of Dixon. And Chef Elliot and I, we connected a while back and I've been in the restaurant several times. I've brought the board of Ozark Natural Foods here to the restaurant. I've sent a lot of friends here to the restaurant and nobody has come back with a complaint. And I don't know if it's specifically chef's cooking, if it's the ambiance of the French I don't know if it's French revivalist style, but it's just a French style 
that you find in this restaurant when you walk in here. You're almost transported into some, you know, alleyway off the Champs Elysees in Paris, and you feel like you're in a different place. And a lot of that has to do with the attention played put towards just creating the aesthetic that is Atlas the restaurant. And so I said, I asked Chef a while ago, I said, I really want to get you on the podcast. I'd love to tell your story. I'd love for other people to hear that because I do want people that are thinking about coming to Northwest Arkansas to know that we have legitimate cuisine here and that there are some outstanding and creative individuals that are doing food and design at a much higher level. And we'll get into the particulars about how this rest, what this restaurant looks like. But first, I want to introduce you to Chef Elliot Hunt. Chef Elliot, how are you doing today? I'm great, man. I'm so happy to be here. Yeah, Thanks for I'm, having me I'm happy to have you here. So I'd love for you just to share with the audience your superhero origin story. And you don't have to go that far back. You can start at 15. But you know, I, I think I read where your love of, of cooking kind of emerged at that age. But you know, I don't want to tell your story. I let you tell that story. So I'm a family of four boys. I'm the second, the second son. And when I was nine, my parents told me that they were going to take me to, to France and just me, not my three other brothers. And we all kind of got our turn. And, and so we went on this trip and I don't remember a ton about the trip, maybe a little bit about some castles and stuff like that. But I, I remember the food and it was super impactful. You know, I just, I really learned that food was more than like, you know, corn dogs and, and mac and cheese. And, <laughs> and, and I just remember these meals we would go out to eat every night and it just really changed my perspective. And, and I really, I was very adventurous as a, as, as a young, a young boy and with food. And, and so I just kind of fell in love and it was a sort of an epiphany that food was like important, that it was like art, that service was art, that dining out was like art. Yeah. And I was kind of in love. And then the restaurant part, me falling into restaurants is completely uh, serendipitous. I worked out on my cousin's ranch when I was 15 and I wrecked his truck and I had to make some money because I had to pay for it. (laughs) (laughs) And so at the time I was kind of typical young boy. I was mowing some lawns for the neighbors and making money that way. And one of the people I mowed lawns for owned a, a restaurant here in town called Morning Glories. And so I knocked on their door and was like, hey, I need to need to make some more money. Can I come wash dishes at your restaurant? And I like to say that the, you know, the rest is history because I, so I worked for these two, two sisters and a brother, Penny, Patty, and Todd, and they're from Lafayette, Louisiana. And they really just, they treated me like, like family. And I think that, yeah, that camaraderie just like really drew me into restaurants and like being part of this team and being treated like family. And yeah, I was just in love with like being in a restaurant and the hustle and the bustle and the noise and the smells. And yeah, I was like, I was in love. I was like, all right, I want to be a chef. Like that was it, 15. And, <laughs> and then at 18, I had the opportunity to go, to go work and cook in France in Toulouse, which is down in the south. It's kind of, it's about an hour, hour north of the Pyrenees, kind of in between the Mediterranean and, and the Atlantic. And it's a great town. It's very, it's a large town. It's the fourth largest city in France. And it's a big university, university town. And and I lived there for a year and I worked in a restaurant called Set Place Saint-Cernat under this man named Benoit Cantaluba. And, and he, again, I was working on a team, you know, kind of like, uh, it was like the land of misfit toys, you know, I was like hanging out with these guys that were quite a bit older than me that really just like adopted me and made sure that I was going to be a good, you know, a good cook come hell or high water. And, and it was a safe place to work, you know? Yeah. Because I've worked in kitchens that are 
are harder, you know, <laughs> and this was like a really good introduction. It was such a, it was a high end restaurant and I think they were, you know, probably one of the top, top 10 in the city and, and they really took me in and yeah, and taught me a lot and, and that just kind of furthered my career. And then when I came home back to the States, yeah, I kind of hopped around. I worked in Colorado, California, was in Chicago for a long time. I went back to France when I was 23 and worked in Paris, which was more of an abusive relationship than anything. <laughs> so yeah, man. And I just, you know, part of my traveling is is my inspiration for cooking. I think it's, you know, after food, it's it's probably my my second favorite thing to do. So yeah. Had the opportunity to be on on six continents. Haven't made it to Antarctica yet. But yeah, just there's a huge thirst for that. And I've kind of made that part of our goal here is to to be able to take my management team once a year to a foreign country, you know. Yeah. Outside the US. So just to experience it. Yeah. And I I mean I'm I feel so fortunate and I'm so lucky to to be able to have all the opportunities that I have and, and I just want to be able to impart that on my team, you know? And and I think that it it makes us all better, you know, like because they can kind of get that 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 muse, you know, like traveling is kind of like a muse and like uh, to, yeah, I don't know. I, I want them to be able to see it. You know? Well, yeah, I've always described it as like, it gives you just a different perspective yeah, on yeah, the world. Sure. You know, I just, I always say, I remember living in Boston and I, I think I've mentioned this on the podcast before, but we were mentoring some young kids and like these kids had never left South Boston, like yeah. never left South Boston, like hadn't gone across town to Cambridge. Yeah. Leave South Boston. And it was amazing to me. And I had, I was fortunate enough. I got exposed to going to Europe at a young age and I was very blessed. And it was a game changer for me. It opened up my eyes to what the world was like, that it was much bigger than my backyard. It was much bigger than the community I grew up in. And it just allowed me to think differently. And so I think when you, if you take that initiative and you expose and the way you're exposing your team to that, it's just giving them a much broader canvas to work from. Sure. Yeah. And, you know, I want them to be inspired too. You know, when we come back and we write menus, it's like, you know, we went to Mexico City last year and it was cool to come back and like watch like one of my chefs like work on like this mole dish, you know? Yeah. And like, just for him to really like put his head down and be like, I'm inspired by it and I want to work on it and I want to make like really, really good mole. I'm not Mexican, but I want to make some Mexican mole. (laughs) Right. And it was... You know, we were, I mean, we made a sauce, but Chapulín sauce, which is like the sauce with like crickets in it. And like there, to watch the inspiration come back was like so rewarding and like so worth it. And yeah. it's like, for us, it's like a bonding moment, you know? I mean, we work hard all year round. And so it's like a reward as well. You know, we go out to eat a lot and, you know, we usually get, stay in a nice house and yeah, it's, I mean, it's so much fun. Yeah. So. Yeah. No, that makes perfect sense. So. You know, for the listener that's listening to this that has heard, maybe heard of the restaurant or maybe haven't, hasn't heard of the restaurant, why don't you give them a quick introduction to Atlas the restaurant and what they could expect coming here? Specifically, let's start, obviously start with the cuisine. Sure. So when we opened Atlas, my partner and I, Brandon, you know, we sat down and scratched our heads and talked about opening this place and, and we wanted it to feel... Like you were walking into a, like you weren't in Fayetteville, like you were walking into a city, like we wanted a restaurant that you could feel like you were in Chicago or New York or San Francisco or Houston or New Orleans, like you could walk in and you felt like you weren't in Fayetteville and that you were kind of transported. And the Atlas name is is really, you know, it's a book of maps, you know, and, and we have our, our symbol is a cartographer's compass, which is a tool. And I kind of like that because it kind of shows you where you've been and where you're going to go and where you are. And it's like this measurement tool. And, and we're always trying to, to, push, to push ourselves 
you know, we change the menu, we change the entire menu every three months. So to stay with the seasons, and that's a challenge. We don't have any mainstays that stay on. Might have a protein here and there that remain the same, but the vegetable prep will change. And so Alice, like, also is you know, you think about like kind of this global idea, and that's what we are. You know, we wanted to be able to cook from our hearts, but and also from our heads, and be inspired by by the globe and and all the beautiful food that you know exists in this world. So you know, if we want to mix Indian food with French food, we can, you know, and, and I hate the word fusion, but like, but like take on these creative ideas and take on inspiration from, from wherever we want, you know, and it's a, it's a beautiful world we live in. And I, you know, we really believe that like, that food is really a uniting force, you know, and it's such a cornerstone of culture and that everyone can sit down and talk about their grandmother's cooking, you know, yeah. or their mother's cooking or, or, you know, the, the traditions in their family of cooking, you know anybody in the world. And I find that that is like a really a common chord with, with everyone. And so we like to lean into that and be really creative and, you know, allow our guys to, to be part of that creative process as well. So. Yeah. Have you gotten like, has there been an item that has been so popular that it's been hard to take it off the menu? Yeah, but I do it anyway. Okay. You know? <laughs> yeah. I think like when we, we take halibut off after the summertime. Yeah. We'll probably see it again next summer, you know. We have a tomato and watermelon salad that people like go crazy for. We kind of bring that back in different iterations. Sure. So it's like, I love it too because it's like season to season. We kind of have maybe a dish that we like riff on. It's like, it's definitely tomatoes and watermelon, but like what cheese goes with it? You know, are we making our own, like last year we did our own mint ricotta. The year before that, we were doing a tatilla cheese, which is this uh, Spanish style cheese. And you know, what kind of nuts are we going to put on it? Like, so it's like, it has like an evolution to the, the dish. I think when you're like, well, it comes off at, for a season, you know, it's only good for a season and yeah. maybe we bring it back, but then it needs to be different, you know? And so then you can get to watch this evolution year to year, you know, or you don't bring it back at all, you know? Oh, yeah. So. so how much does the kind of whole farm to table movement dictate your style when it comes to, to cook? So my thing is consistency. And I've been talking a lot with, with local producers. You know, we're, we're not an inexpensive restaurant. Sure. And so I think people, when they come in here, they have an expectation that we have to meet. And sometimes I find it hard with local producers to meet that expectation. We are like, we use local mushrooms from Fat Top and this guy named Ashley Hill. We use some local lettuce from Ozark All Seasons. I'm working with Sunny Acres Farms. He, he just went through the cap school. Have you heard of that? Yeah. Yeah. It's awesome, man. Yeah. So I think like the time is coming where I want to do more, but it really, it really gets to that issue of consistency. You know, is, is the lamb we're looking at buying, is it going to be the same size rack every time, you know, closer to the same size rack or how big are the swings and the fluctuations? And so that's, that's become a challenge for us, but we're interested in it. Yeah. And I would love to see it at more. And I think that this area is growing in that amount of, awareness to it is growing. And I think that there's, a, there's definitely a hunger for more startup farms, small farmers to do more business with chefs direct. Sure. You know, we, and there was the, the food conservancy, which that was a really great idea, which I was really excited about, but there are still some holes. You're still kind of new, working out some kinks. So I think, I mean, there, I think there's really great things for that on the horizon, but I've found some challenges as well. Yeah, yeah. no, absolutely. And you know, I mean, I, the restaurant business is hard. I mean, you were saying it before. It's it is 
It is tough. And let alone to add pandemic to the equation, yeah. <laughs> which, which really, yeah. I mean, it really, I mean, you guys were just kind of getting your, your feet grounded. And then all of a sudden, the pandemic. I don't even think we had our feet grounded. We really? were open six weeks. Oh, okay. I, yeah. I, okay. And like we hadn't, like Brandon and I hadn't even had time to like look at the money that was coming in or like making sure that the rent was paid. Like, I mean, we were just so busy. Yeah. That like everything was like, puts to the wayside. It was like, just let's do, let's do service. Yeah. Like, let's just get through service. And I mean, it really wasn't until we closed the restaurant on March 14th and that we like sat down and were like, what were the numbers that we, I mean, like what kind of business did, were we even doing? You yeah. Know? And yeah, I mean, it was a shock, man. I mean, we, we had a team of 30 people and we let everybody but six go, you know? And, you know, I mean, it was a traumatic time. I mean, there's like really no better way to say it. It was, it was a very traumatic time. You know, letting the staff go was like probably you know, top three hardest days I've ever had, you know? And yeah. Because again, when we go back to that team and that family and it's like, you're trying, you, you're cutting your team, you know, and you're cutting your family and it, it, it felt terrible. Do you feel like you've bounced back? Oh, we've definitely bounced back. Yeah, we've definitely bounced back. You know, there was so much pent up demand. It's like, I think a lot of us are still riding that wave until recession, you know? Um, <laughs> yeah. You know, we got to, we definitely, we got to bring some of the, the team back and we did some cool to-go stuff. We were changing the menu every single day for to-go and, and kind of like leaned into this family meal idea. We were feeding our staff during COVID and yeah, and, and it, was, it was interesting. I mean, you know, and the community really came out and supported us and I think we were, you know, we were giving a value. We had this, we were doing this meal that was like kind of a main with like protein with vegetables and then we had like a bread of the day with butter and a salad of the day and, and a dessert. And we were doing all of it for like 28 bucks, you know, out the door per person. And, and we were, I mean, we would sit down on Sundays and write the whole menu for all of next week. And this is back when we were open six days a week. So yeah, it was crazy. It was a crazy time, man. Well, you know, I think anyone that was resilient enough to survive the pandemic is here for the long haul, whatever that might be, you know? Yeah. So I think that's the important thing. But we're certainly glad that you guys made it through. We do acknowledge and recognize that some restaurants didn't. They did not. And that is, that is the, hard, that's the hard part of that equation. So I do feel like the community in this area helped a lot of us make it, you know? Yeah. There was a lot of support. There's a lot of restaurant support in this area for the old restaurants that have been around and, and, and some of us newer ones, you know? And it was, it was yeah, man. I never typed in hashtag save our restaurants or save restaurants more <laughs> yeah, yeah. than I did during this yeah. time of the pandemic. And, and it's when you think about it, like, you know, living in Boston, Boston's a huge city, not as big as New York, but it's huge. And, you know, you don't necessarily think about the connectivity of, you know, your local restaurant establishments and you as an individual and how, what that means to you, especially when you just have an absurd number of choices. Sure. And then you come to a place like Northwest Arkansas where you have choices, but you don't have an absurd number of choices. Right. And then it becomes abundantly clear that, oh my God, I don't want that restaurant to close because if it does, I don't know if I'll ever have that experience again. And, yeah. you know, that's the thinking. And, and certainly I get it that, you know, we all have to deal with challenges, but I think if nothing else, given the type of environment that Northwest Arkansas is, people rallied around the restaurants. They rallied around a lot of businesses and a lot of industries, but they specifically, you know, kind of rallied around restaurants and restaurant owners. And, you know, I know you, I mean, I know Matt Cooper, I know Jeremy Gothrop, I know a lot of chefs that are locally in this area. And I know what you guys went through during that time period. 
But I also know that there were a lot of people that were continuing to encourage and support and say, just hang in there. It will get better. Yeah. And I mean, it's definitely gotten better. And, you know, I'm proud of a lot of the things we did. I, I was on the board or I'm on the board of the Fable Independent Restaurant Alliance that was created out of COVID with Reese Roberts and um, Hannah Withers and Christy Sanderson. And, you know, we were like really concerned for our people, you know, yeah. and they're without jobs and, and we wanted to like have the support system financially for sure. I think we probably raised near $100,000 that we've given out wow. to, re- to recipients just in Fayetteville who work in the restaurant industry, sort of help people pay for their rent when they were out of jobs and help people pay their bills. And, and I'm really, really proud of that work. You know, I think we impacted a lot of people, our people in this town, you know? Sure. And that was like the big concern is, um, you know, I th- we lost some people in COVID too, you know, I th- to suicide and drug overdose and- Sure. And- sure. Um, it was know, a dark time. For it a was a dark time. And, yeah. and I, you know, I think, uh, you know, they're idle hands, you know, and <laughs> there are a lot of people out of work, man. And, yeah. um, and working in restaurants can be therapy for a lot of people because it keeps you busy and it keeps your mind off things and you got to kind of be focused. And so it was, it was hard. To, yeah. It was a hard time for sure. Yeah. I'm glad it's, you know, mostly past us. I guess we're still in a pandemic, but. We are, yeah. but I mean, we're, we're, we're slowly coming out of it. Sure. No, less, less mask usage and, and uh, more booster shots. So we're, yeah. we're moving in the right yeah, for direction. Sure. For sure. So, agreed. Yeah. So, you know, we're sitting here and for those of you that are listening to this, if you hear the slow hum of a, of a refrigerator in the background <laughs> or anything like that, we're actually sitting, we're actually sitting at this beautiful marbled bar here. Is this marble or granite? It's granite. It's granite. Okay. This beautiful white granite bar at the entrance. So when you walk into Atlas, you know, you're kind of introduced to what looks like the most comforting sitting area and a beautiful clock that I think if I read correctly came from someplace in Paris. Maybe it's it was a on- train station out of a train station. Okay. It was out of a train station. And we couldn't get it to work. So we just set it to five o'clock because it's five o'clock somewhere. Everywhere uh, at, at all yeah. times. That's right. It's so. So when you walk in, you you kind of feel like you're transported into a different place. There is a huge bottle of champagne in the corner. There is, I mean, just, you know, just an outstanding facility. You just feel, like Chef said, transported into a different time and place. So I encourage you to come down and and just just check out Atlas the restaurant, if even just for a drink and sit in here in the evenings as I Sometimes ride by in the early evenings before the dinner hour starts, people are starting to mill about here and I need to make more. Well, if I didn't have kids with high school uh, sports and stuff like that, I'd probably come down here more often. I think that's what I told somebody recently, but I'm going to make it a point when I do have some free time just to come down here because it's, it's not quite cheers, but you feel like it's an atmosphere where, you know, you're, you're welcomed and it's a place that you can come just for even a quick respite before you move about the rest of your evening. So I certainly encourage you to come take a closer look of that. And so as we're talking about this, a general focus, focal area here, when you first walk in, as you said, your parents took you to France at a young age. Your parents are, and your mom especially, truly steeped in French history, French culture. I mean, just, does everybody speak French in the family? Except for my dad. Really? Yeah. I'm surprised. My I dad w- understands a lot because, I mean, he's been so many times. But so my three brothers all speak French. I speak French. Right. And my mom, obviously. I mean, yeah. we're, you know, we're definitely a family of Francophiles, you know. I right. Think there's a, it's like second <laughs> home, you know. Um, yeah. Yeah. And yeah, my, my my mother fell in love with, with France when she was 
when she was 14 and kind of never looked back, she ended up being a French teacher for 18 years and, and she owns a uh, French Metro Antiques on, on Dixon Street. Which is what outfitted this whole... Yes. Yeah. So... Uh, it's almost we, like you took we, the whole... We got, the to whole... Rob, we got to rob the, 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 <laughs> the mom and pop shop. Yeah. Right, right. We wanted to really lean into, you know, this building's 100 years old, so that kind of that art deco, there's some definitely some art deco kind of look. It was like a garage, so it used to be a Packard car dealership, Yep. the building. It's um, called the Ellis Building, for those of you that are wondering. Yeah, on Block Street and... It was also known as the Beaver Electric, or yeah, Beaver Electric Building, colloquially for thirty years. There was the Beaver Electric Company that was in this building, and so there's like some industrialness to it. There's huge industrial windows, and there's kind of like this old space for garage door that we put bifold doors in to the outside, and yeah. But we also just really wanted to lean into it being built in the 1920s, 1923 to to go with Art Deco, you know, and and yeah, we're lucky enough to to have an antique store that we could find things from the 1900s to put in it. So right. super cool. Yeah. I love that. And even, even the bathroom is outfitted quite nicely. Yes. It's, you know, <laughs> yeah. it's like- uh, With mirrors yeah. and um, yeah, <laughs> so, gold gilt mirrors right, and, right. Uh, and chandeliers. It, yeah. it, it's an experience to say the least. So no, I mean, you guys have done a tremendous job. Thank you. And what I say- what is it? The the setting the moment or mise en scene or or you know kind of like That's that. Right. Yeah. So it's just like you walk in and you just like you said it's it's you feel transported to a different time and place and that's not always easy to do. But you guys have captured. So that. my my older brother uh, Alexander was the principal designer. So okay. he did all the interior. You know, we use an architect, but his you know it was his design ideas that really brought this place together. I mean, I, I, it's, it was awesome that he was able to help us and be part of our team for the opening, for not the opening, but for, for putting this place together, you know, and some of the things are, you know, recycled. I have, you know, chairs, all the chairs are from uh, MK restaurant out of Chicago. Okay. A lot of our silverware is also from, from MK. And so it's cool to have some of these, these artifacts, you know, of, of a restaurant that I is near and dear to my heart. Yeah. When I worked in Chicago. So. Yeah. Well, that's, yeah, and it's good to recycle when you can. Yeah, for <laughs> so, sure. Yeah, it, it certainly helps out. Now, I understand, and I didn't know this about you, that part of your per, your trip to France when you were a teenager, you were either sent or the Rotary Club of Fayetteville paid for a portion of your trip? Yeah, I can't remember the dollar amounts and stuff, but I basically applied to be part of their youth study exchange, okay. which is an amazing, amazing, amazing thing. It is. And so... I really wanted to go to culinary school or some sort of, I wanted to do something with culinary. And there's a gentleman named Paul Reagan who lives here in town. I know Paul. Yeah, he's an amazing guy. <laughs> um, and he runs the Youth Study Exchange. And I was telling him, you know, I'm really into cooking. And he, so he helped me get into an apprenticeship school in Toulouse. Okay. So I would like, I would work two weeks at a restaurant, at this restaurant. And then I would go to school for a week and kind of like do practicals and stuff like that. And then I'd go back to, to work on this rotation for another two weeks and, and so on and so forth. Yeah. And I stayed with, you know, four different host families while I was there and, and really, I mean, really learned the language and really was like thrown into the culture, you know, and it was, it was awesome. Yeah. Yeah. It, it was like, I would say a life-changing experience. I was 18 years old, it was super impressionable. And like, and I think it's just, you realize like, wow, the world's out there, you know? <laughs> and it, g- it gave me, so, I mean, I would, I'd already traveled before and, and done some trips outside the US, but but to spend a year there and then yeah. really dive in was- Totally I mean, different. It changed my life, yeah. Yeah, I, I tell people all the time, I mean, my, 
I studied, I lived over in Germany and studied Gothic and Romanesque architecture. So I got immersed into a different culture, culture other than my own. And and that was a very unique experience, but I'm glad you kind of gave us that commercial for the Rotary Club program because that program is still ongoing. We actually have kids because I'm a part of the same Rotary Club as Paul, but we have kids that are here from other countries. I think Portugal, I think we have somebody from Brazil here right now. And then kids from Fayetteville High School have gone over to other countries as well. And so we see them off every year and encourage them to go out and and be the best version of themselves as they go out and, you know, really, you know, kind of find yourself. Well, and be like, it really teaches you how to be a world citizen, you know, and kind of, yeah. And I mean, really appreciate the cultural differences that we have, you know, and I think it really opens your heart to people from all over the world. And I think it, yeah, I mean, it was definitely impactful. And th- that's not the only thing the Rotary Club has done. I also went to on the group study exchange. Okay. I don't know. Are you guys still doing that? I think they are. Yeah. I think they um, are. So I did that one through the Rotary Club, uh, Rotary One actually in Chicago. So the first Rotary Club. Okay. My teamed up with them and applied for the group study exchange. And so we went to India for a month and traveled all over Gujarat. And again, life-changing. I mean, yeah. I owe a lot of gratitude to the Rotary Club. They're, we like to joke that they're the Goodwill Mafia, you know. Right. They are. They yeah, really are. Yeah. That's a good word. I like that. Yeah. The Goodwill Mafia. They should walk around with t-shirts yeah. with that on. Yeah. So have you actually spoken at that Rotary Club? This one, the Fayetteville one? Or, yeah. Uh, I have not. Oh, have not. okay. We're going to have to make that All happen. right, man. You can- <laughs> so I'll twist your arm yeah. later about Let's that. So yeah, absolutely. So man, there is, there. wow, there's so much that, that you guys are doing and that you have that you've worked on, what, what are you looking forward to doing in the near future? What's next for Chef Elliot Hunt? That's a great question. I don't know. I, I've been asking myself that a lot lately of like, you know, Atlas is, is successful and it's running and we've kind of gotten it down to be a well-oiled machine, but I don't know what's next. I mean, I, I feel like there should be something, Yeah. but I think Brandon, my partner and I are kind of like looking at options of like, do we want to open another spot? And I don't, I don't know if we do, you yeah. know, or if we do yet. I think we're really content with the business we're doing right now. And but we, you never know what's on the horizon. Sure. You, know? so. you just, I mean, as I look at you, and again, we, I don't know you that deeply, but you just strike me as somebody that, you know, you, you don't allow grass to grow under your feet. That you are constantly looking thinking about or potentially thinking about new opportunities. So I thought, you know, I thought, man, if we change the menu every three months and we're, you know, doing all these events and that I'd never, that I would never get stagnant, that it would always be a challenge. Yeah. And in a lot of ways it, it helps like to keep me grounded in the restaurant and keep me like kind of chained to the stove in a, in a sense, you know? Sure. Cause I'm always having to create new menus, you know, and organizing these, uh, like the food aspects of events. So I stay extremely busy. But, you know, there's little thoughts in my mind of maybe doing another project. I just, and there's no rush for me. It's like, there's, there's nothing to hurry about. You yeah. Know? Yeah. You got um, plenty of time. How old are you? I'm 37. Wow. Okay. Yeah. You're a young, you're a young guy. Yeah. So there's no, there's no rush. And, and, you know, anything we do, we want to do at a level of excellence that, that we can be proud of, you know? And, and so I think, I think we just kind of wait, we just kind of wait and, and see. See. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Determine what the next step is. So. Well, listen, I I am forever a fan. That is for sure. And uh, you guys are really doing a great job. And and I want to say that 
not only are you running a, a tremendous business and outstanding restaurant and providing people with some of the best tasting food in Northwest Arkansas, but I also know that you you take time to give back to the local community beyond what you were just talking about with the um with the program through the the Fayetteville uh, Independent Restaurant Alliance, you also work with a lot of local nonprofits to kind of help them with different events. And the reason why I know that is because I was the auctioneer for an event that we did at Theater Square. Oh, yeah. And we got to auction off your uh, a private dinner that you were going to offer. And, it's, so, and it, it, it's so fun. So we, yeah. we auction off a couple dinners. I think we did three last year. I think we're doing two this year. But we cook in the theater. Yeah. yeah. And there's eight guests. We do like a six course for eight guests and they sit on the stage. Sure. And so they like watch us like kind of cook in the theater, man. And it's like, it's a trip. Yeah. It is like a trip. It's like extremely, we're in this large theater, but like, it's so intimate. Yeah. Yeah. And, absolutely. Um, it's like one of the most fun events I do. Is that recorded year. at all? No, but we should get it. Recorded. They should record they should it. Yeah. Record that it. would be good. I could yeah. see, cause I could totally see, especially with some straight down shots of what you're cooking as you're kind of talking about yeah. why you're doing this and why you're adding the cream at this point and why the butter is important. And yeah. of course, because you can't have French food without cream and yeah. butter. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. but, but no, I think that's great. But I, 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 but I just wanted to put that shout out out there because a lot of times we hear about individuals that have successful businesses and we never know if they're, you know, what they're doing behind the scenes. And it's not that he, that he paid me to say that. I just wanted to mention it because I saw the look on people's faces when we auctioned it off and we were able to auction off not one, but two. And it raised a tremendous amount of money for what Theater Squared is trying to do for the arts. So, you know, you have one individual that practices an art form of cooking, supporting another group that is about the arts, the theatrical arts. And I, I just think that that is, that certainly is to be recognized and for people to know that, that you really are about seeing other organizations grow and wherever you can lend yourself and absolutely. your expertise to that, you do it. So I absolutely. really appreciate that. Thanks, man. Yeah, absolutely. So if anybody wants to get in contact with you, what's the best way for them to reach out to you here at the restaurant? You can visit our website at atlastherestaurant.com. Okay. And we'll put yeah. all of that on the show notes and make and sure- And all of our contact info is on there. Um, you can also follow us um, on Facebook and, and Instagram and yeah. see all the great food that they have. Yeah. If you go to their page, there's a lot of pictures, but even a lot of people have posted, like myself, have posted pictures on Google of the different meals that come out of that kitchen. So- I certainly want to encourage you. If you don't believe me, if you if you haven't, you still aren't convinced by what what chef has shared for the last thirty minutes. You just need to look at the pictures, and if you don't start salivating, I don't know what's gonna gonna cause you to do that. But the food is outstanding, and I would venture so far as to say, if you're not happy with it, come see me, and I'm be happy to pay your bill because I just <laughs> that's how much that's how high I think of the food here and and what they're serving at Atlas the restaurant. So you definitely need to come down here. And check these guys out, support local restaurants, and support what Chef Elliot is doing with the rest of his amazing team here at Atlas the Restaurant in downtown Fayetteville on Block Street. What's the address? It's 208, 208 uh, North Block, Block, and we're Street. kind of in between the Dixon Street and the Square. Right, yeah. yeah. Easy to find. You, you, it's Pretty close to Spring Street. Yeah, and definitely, you, and there's there's parking right down the street, so you shouldn't have any problems checking it out. And in the summertime, this place is, is jumping. I mean, but it's also jumping even in the fall and, and at other <laughs> times. So 
you know, you got to get in here and get a spot. They have an outdoor dining area, which is absolutely gorgeous. Do you put heaters out there in the No, we, we're going to close it on November 1st. Oh, you are? Yeah. Okay, so that's closed from November 1st until when? Uh, March, whenever okay. it gets nice. Probably the end of March. Okay, yeah. cool. Very cool. And you guys are open Tuesday through Saturday. Sunday. Tuesday through Sunday. Sunday, yeah. Okay, so Monday and Tuesday you're closed. Yep. Okay, perfect, perfect. Well, there you have it, folks. Chef Elliot Hunt, Atlas the Restaurant. Thank you so much for joining us Thanks, on man. the I Am Northwest Arkansas podcast. This was well worth the wait. It was. You know, I have some people that I've, I've been trying to get on. Chef Rafael Rios is coming up next, and I can't wait to get him, have him on the podcast. He's already agreed to sit down with me, but, you know, I don't know what it is. I just, uh, I've been able to befriend some of the best chefs in Northwest Arkansas, and that would include you, Chef Rafael, uh, Chef Matt Cooper, Chef Jason Paul. I mean, there's, there's, there's some good, there's, there's some good cats around, man. And, and that's the thing. And, and I'll end it with this. When people think about Northwest Arkansas, they don't think that there's that level of talent in one area. I mean, you guys are all within a 20 minute shot yeah. of each other, like yeah. literally. And I love it because everyone's doing their own thing, right. you know, like right. everyone has their own, like, you know, they have their own vibe, you know, and, and it's, their own it's, vibe, it's cool, man. Their own following. And the other thing and we're is, all friends. and you're all friends. <laughs> yeah. Everybody to a person, <laughs> yeah. I've had nobody say nothing but nice things about each other. Oh, I love so-and-so. Their food is amazing. This and that. I mean, Matt Cooper has gushed about you like a fanboy, but he just, I, I can mean, gush about him, man. Yeah. He's, no, he's doing, he, he's doing, <laughs> I'm, and I'm so like, <laughs> It's weird to like be proud of somebody, you know, but like, yeah. I'm like so proud of him and yeah. opening Conifer. Like, Absolutely. Um, Have you been up there yet for dinner? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And it's awesome. It is. Yeah. It is. I, I keep telling people killing to go it, check man. it he's out. He's killing it. Yeah. And I is. just, it's cool to, you know, coming from a guy who worked for a lot of other people Yeah. to like watch him go off on his own is sure. like, yes, keep going. <laughs> keep going. You know? Right. Yeah. Um, so. Cause it's different when you're, when you're doing it for yourself, it's a lot different. It is. You know? and, it is. Um, it is. And anyway, I'm just so proud of him and I'm so happy for him, you know, I think he's going to do great things at Conifer. They're going to. Absolutely. Absolutely. They're going to be a smashing success. Yeah. There's a lot of talent here in Northwest Arkansas. So if you're listening to this and you are about to take a job with Walmart, Tyson, JB Hunt, and you're not sure if you're going to be able to get the kind of quality food that you get in Dallas or in LA or in New York City for that matter, trust me when I say this, you'll be in for a treat. Yeah. You will be in for a treat. So. Well, thank you again, Chef. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Well, folks, there you have it. Another episode of the I Am Northwest Arkansas podcast. To learn more about us, please visit our website at IamNorthwestArkansas.com. Remember, you can listen to the podcast on all of the major podcasting platforms and consider rating and reviewing us on Apple Podcasts. We really appreciate that. And as always, if you have any questions, you can reach out to us via email at hello at IamNorthwestArkansas.com. And remember, our podcast comes out every Monday, rain or shine. I'm your host, Randy Wilburn, and we'll see you back here next week for another new episode of the I Am Northwest Arkansas podcast. Peace. We hope you enjoyed this episode of I Am Northwest Arkansas. Check us out each and every week, available anywhere that great podcasts can be found. For show notes or more information on becoming a guest, visit IamNorthwestArkansas.com. We'll see you next week on I Am Northwest Arkansas.